0: Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. I am the host, Tony, today and with me is Phil.
2: Hey, Tony, how are you going?
1: I'm good. Look, today's a, a topic that is definitely not in my domain, um, but it's definitely something that uh, you're all, all about. It's psychometric testing.
2: Yeah,
1: that's right. Um, so those viewers that uh, have missed previous episodes, where we've talked about our past, uh, Phil, well, actually, I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself and, and why this topic is, uh, I suppose, of interest for you.
2: Um, Yeah, look, long story short, I did a psychology degree, um, four years of my life uh, learning a little bit about this, Um, spent quite a bit of time doing psychometric testing as well. Um, Part of um, the degree was, uh, I think we did an entire course uh, actually creating psychometric tests, learning how to make them and um, learning what they're all about and how you essentially create them and um, what the statistics behind it is and, and, and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, so I suppose first and foremost, uh, and I'll uh, I'll be f- I suppose forthright in uh, in saying that uh, I won't have much to to give in this episode, but uh, I'm sure uh, you'll lead the way. But uh, what is the idea behind psychometric testing? Why are they becoming more and more popular?
2: Yeah, look, they are pretty popular. Um, a lot of people are using them um, these days. Um, a psychometric tests can range from anything from a general ability test to cognitive skills tests, to behavioral tests, to full assessment centers, which take a day, sometimes even two or three, Mm. um, to profiling to personality traits. So um, their primary purpose is very misunderstood. Um, A lot of people use them for uh, decision-making. It's actually more so meant to be used as a supporting tool Mm. uh, more than anything else. Uh, And that was pushed as well. You know, when I was studying it, they sort of said, look – never ever ever base your decision off of this yeah um, this is really just there as a supporting tool um, really you're, you're not meant to use it for much more than that yeah um, that and
1: we've might- had clients in the past that will do them as the first step of the recruitment process yeah. and um, I suppose screen candidates based on their results so yeah. what you're saying is you know don't do that basically it's not yeah. not the first step
2: yeah it's a dangerous thing. A dangerous thing so look um many people see psychometric testing as a as i suppose uh, a window into the mind of the individual yeah unfortunately that's not the case uh that's not how that works uh the test really just shows that this person happened to uh return this score on this day in this test at this particular time so um there's a there's a lot of statistics to it and there's a lot of ins and outs to them all. Um, but the general idea is that um, research has shown that if you're, for example, in a sales role, yeah. um, you've got to be, you know, very uh, extroverted and very chatty and all that sort of stuff. And they've, uh, research has shown that uh, the best salesmen have these and these and these sort of trades. Yeah. And the idea is, look, if we give this to every applicant who's going for a sales role, um, then if we just employ the people who are the absolute best uh, on this test in these particular domains, um, then we've got the best people. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not quite true. It doesn't quite work like that. There's too many other conflicting factors um, yeah. that play a role there, unfortunately. Um, but people really want to recruit for those sort of people a lot of the time. Um, and it makes sense, you know, from a, I suppose, just generally speaking, it seems logical yeah um, but unfortunately there's too many other conflicting factors that um, play a role
1: yeah and i've heard of, well we've had examples of it where a, a company will have say one really good sales consultant um, and they'll get them to do a psychometric test see their results and then use that as a guide moving forward well you know jimmy works really well these are jimmy's results let's apply this to everyone that uh, you know applies for a job in the future if they don't fall within this set of what Jimmy has given us, then uh, they're going to be no good. Um, I obviously don't know enough about this, but I would assume you'd have to have, you know, far more, like any science experiment, a far greater uh, scope of people being tested to begin with to actually find what an average looks like.
2: Yeah, that's right. So um, you need a fairly large sample size usually. Um, Look off the top of my head, I think it's 200 plus or something like that for these psychometric tests. Yeah. Um, I remember when we started doing them, we started with about 500 questions and started to narrow them down from there, and it went across a cohort of about 600 people that answered. Yeah, them. right. Um, so, look, the testing is fairly rigorous, um, but all the result really says is that you, your your uh, your result is similar to that of one individual or two individuals that did this test who had who had these particular traits. Yeah, And
1: I remember when we were preparing for this episode, you mentioned something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. You, you had a passing in common about how they're really good for, or they're, they're obviously been developed in the past to, you to know, to, uh, to figure out who has um, serial killer tendencies yeah, or, or sociopaths yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Can you touch on why, you know, they are effective for that but not necessarily for, for what we're talking about?
2: So um, psychometric tests um, are a very broad topic. Um, they cover personality tests in particular as well. Yeah. Um, if you talk about um, sociopathy, personality disorder yeah, and um, so you would give a person a personality test to essentially figure out if they fit within the uh, within the range of that of a sociopath basically. yeah so um, it's um, that's what it's really good for um, a lot of the time these tests originally developed from psychopathology yeah and then organizational psychology developed after that and um, people figured out that oh, okay these these sort of trades are actually common in normal people you know, yeah there's, there's ways for us to test them um, let's, let's give these people a test and see uh, if we can figure out if certain people have certain trades, do they do better on certain things? Yeah, right. Um, it's kind of like, um, if you imagine, I don't remember what it was on a Nintendo DS, you had those, um, it was a Japanese game by a Japanese doctor. It was like a mind game of sorts. Mm-hmm. And, no, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it was um, the idea was if you just do this for ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day, you'll get much smarter.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was all about brain training. Yeah, brain training.
2: That was yeah. it. Yeah, and your IQ would increase by so and so and so much. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work. Um, because it doesn't carry over. It's only specific to the tasks that you're given. Um, and psychometric tests can be the same. So, um, if you're giving someone a numeracy test. And you just say, you know, this is a few equations. yeah. And you say, oh, well, he's a technician. He should be fairly technical. He should be able to do it. And then he does really poorly. Well, if you actually gave him a truck or something to work on and uh, he had to work something out, which is a physical problem, he might do really, really well. Yeah. Um, The problem is that uh, this one particular result doesn't necessarily carry over and it's not respective of their entire lives and their entire skill set.
1: Yeah, and we've seen examples of that where technical-based roles were you know, failing psychometric assessments due to a mathematical issue. Yeah. Um, and, and when pressed, it was it was discovered that there was no maths required for the role whatsoever. It was just more so the, the mentality of what you said, you know, oh, they, they perform bad in the maths, so they're going to be not that great and we'll just move forward from there. Um, but, yeah, it's got to be applicable. I know we've talked about it briefly in the past, but it's got to be applicable to the job at hand and um, relevant, really, the actual skills. Um, but how – for someone like me, and I'm sure many listeners that are completely ignorant to these, can you run through how they're made in the first place?
2: Yeah, so often it starts off, obviously, with uh, some sort of trait you want to test. Um, it usually actually starts off um, at the very initial stage from a uh, from another psychometric test where they say, all right, this test isn't really giving us enough of this. You know, we want to test more of that in this
1: particular test. Yeah.
2: And um, they're generally made by psychologists to measure a particular skill. Uh, personality or an ability whatever it may be um, it just depends on the um yeah whatever psychometric tests you're trying to improve that's usually where the research is at now uh, most things have been tested and so now it's a lot of it is about improving and making them better yeah um, generally speaking they go through fairly rigorous testing um so obviously the majority of psychometric tests are question-based um as i said i the, the one i did i think we up with about 600 questions yeah right and then i think we narrowed it down to about 150 maybe or something like that yeah um you give that test to a cohort of you know as many people as you really can ideally you want to have 200 300 people plus if you yeah. can um particularly when the questions you know when there's so when there are so many questions um, yeah because there's obviously then question fatigue and all that sort of stuff you need to think about and um from there you essentially start to narrow down and see there's a lot of statistical analysis you need to do um, but essentially you start to narrow things down from there in terms of, okay, well, this question is pretty much not giving us anything. Mm. This question is pretty much the same as this other question, so we can eliminate one of them, and um, you sort of start to go from there. Um, they are, look, it's 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 quite hard to make them. Yeah. It takes a couple of months up to a few years to really make them. Um, the main thing around psychometric tests is always that they're A, reliable, so they give a reliable result, and B, they're valid, yeah. uh, which means they give, a valid result. So that basically just means that uh, say you want to test IQ, it's really testing IQ and it's not te- testing extroversion or it's just testing mathematical ability or something. Yeah, right. Um, so those are the two things you really need to worry about. Um, again, it takes quite a long time and they are fairly rigorous, um, but they're not perfect. Um, you know, a, a lot of people like to say that um, with statistics, the, the, a statistic doesn't mean anything to a single person. And, um, that can often be the case. And again, you know, if you ask, if you're asking someone to answer 150 to 200 questions, um, by the end of it, they might just be over it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Especially with attention spans and how they're going, you know, in in 2020 and beyond. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things that I'm sure a lot of people would sit down and do a test and taper off horrendously towards the back end of it. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that leads us into sort of some of the issues, um, we've seen, Yeah. um, with psychometric tests in the real world, and obviously that, that, that I've sort of come across myself.
1: Um, well, can I just, without knowing anything, mm-hmm. and, and like I feel personally, like one of the major issues with this would be the fact that that result is, you know, that candidate or that applicant's answers to a particular test at a particular time and a particular day. Mm-hmm. It, it not, you know, the way humans are, we can fluctuate quite massively Um, and and yes consistency is always key for anyone in any element of their life but you know if someone's having a bad day an applicant comes in and you say yep we want to flick you a Psychometric testing, see how you go. They go home. Something, you know, personal to them's happened. They've got time restraints. It's got to be done that night. And you know, their their daughter's struggling at school or something like that. And their mind's elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I feel like that results not necessarily going to be reflective of them as a person because it's just reflective of their you know them answering the questions at that time.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because it's not based on knowledge or anything. It's really just based on you and your the way you think. So and the way you think can be totally different from you know even. On the same day from the morning to the afternoon. Um, another big one people tend to do is um, they like to think about okay, what are they wanting to know? What mm. are they asking here? They try to figure out the question, they try to figure out, because everyone looks at psychometric tests as when you do them. Yeah. You, people tend to get a bit nervous and go, oh.
1: You know, what are they trying to figure what out? They're trying
2: to figure out. Yeah. trying to People try to be, you know, beat the system, so yeah. to speak. And um, so they try and think about okay, what is it wanting from me out of this question? how can I best answer it to get the best result rather than just answering the way they they
1: think? Yeah, and I've experienced that before. I I worked at a previous company and we all did a psychometric test and we wanted to see where, you know, if our good performers were, you know, replicated on this test. And by far our worst employee who actually got uh, let go not too long after this because they, they were literally on their last legs. There was so many problems with them. Um, they were the best performer by a country mile. Yeah. <laughs> and it was quite clear it was because they answered what they thought was the right answer as opposed to what they actually felt. And I know that a good psychometric test is, is made so that that is harder to achieve. Um, but people can still do it. And we found a trend where most of the people that we all knew were the high performers. They, they brought most money in for the company. Everyone got along with them. They'd been there for a long time, performed worse than not necessarily everyone else, but a lot worse than you would think. And when we, we spoke to the lady that uh, had done the testing for us, it, she basically said, it's this phenomenon where people that have been there for a longer period of time, they feel more stable and therefore they're going to give more honest answers. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other people were you know, nervous or as you said, you know, worried about what does this actually mean and they're trying to get rid of me. And so they tried so hard to answer the right questions that they actually managed to do that because it wasn't the best of tests. Whereas people that were there for five, 10 years were so comfortable, they were like, oh, I can answer this truthfully.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I've heard that from a few people um, who've been in similar situations who, you know, did an amazing job at their employer. They'd been there for a couple of years. Um, They knew they were doing a good job and they knew they were safe and um, they got a psychometric test and they did really, really poorly. And apparently they were totally unsuitable for their role according to the test. Yeah. Um, so it's not it's not uncommon that, that 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 definitely happens.
1: And it's that element of you know test nervous. A yeah. lot of people just don't perform well in tests, regardless yeah. of what the test is. And so you don't want to discourage you know good candidates just because of that.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people just don't like the test. And you know the other thing to keep in mind, day to day, and you're not testing them. You know, on a day to day basis, you're mm. not being tested by your employer. Generally speaking. Um, You know, you don't go in and get asked 20 questions about uh, your math skills. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's generally not how it works. So um, just something to keep in mind as well when you're choosing these psychometric tests.
1: Yeah. So I suppose now we're a little bit more aware of the issues and, you know, things to look out for in order to avoid. But in practicality, they, they do still serve a purpose. We're definitely not saying by any means don't use them, but in, in your, you know, well, actually professional opinion, what would you say is the correct way to actually use these or, or where do they fit into the whole process?
2: So the first thing to keep in mind is do not use them purely as a decision-making tool. Yeah. Um, there are some serious legal implications for you potentially if you do. Yeah. Um, I can't quite remember who it was. I remember there was a business in the us i believe it was an it business um they were going into administration and they basically said look we're gonna have to let quite a few people go i think it was like 40 or 60 percent of the workforce or something and they didn't know how to do it so they basically just gave everyone a personality test yeah and they said you know do this personality test and whoever did the worst in terms of their skills on this personality test got let go and um they got sued afterwards and they, they, they lost it quite badly. Yeah. Um, so just something to keep in mind, just, you know, saying, oh, you did bad on the psychometric testing. Um, so, you know, we can't give you the job. Um, there can be some legal implications there. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, the best way to do it is to use them as a supporting tool. Uh, I would not use them until you have spoken to a candidate face-to-face um, simply because I think it – oh, look, you, you, you're kind of you, – it's tough – for a candidate to get involved into a psychometric test before they've even met you, yeah, and they've even you know had a proper conversation with you, um, I think that's the best time to use them. Um, I would maybe use them towards the end of the process, and um, I would only really use them if you feel the need to use it. Um, I wouldn't use them generally just as a okay, you know, we always do psychometric tests, so let's do a psychometric. Yeah. Test. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I know you've uh, definitely had um, this instance as well where. Uh, a client was super happy with a the candidate. They're definitely keen to move ahead. Um, you know, we just got to do a psychometric test because, you know, we we, we just do psychometric tests. And then they did really poorly and suddenly that was the end.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, three or four people had met this candidate. They really liked him. But it was just black and white. Anyone that doesn't, you know, give the results we want to see in this test, then we're not going to put on, which, That's it. yeah, it, you know, a lot of the time people go against a psychometric test and they'll point to when the candidate falls over for whatever reason, whether it's in one year or five years and go, oh, see, we should have known, look at the psych test. But I think that's the wrong attitude to have because there'll be so many people that you miss out on by having that attitude.
2: That's Um, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, in terms of the tests that I would generally recommend, I would say always try and use behavioural tests. Um, So they are more so behavioural-based scenario tests. Um, they don't measure IQ or anything like that. IQ yeah. is, uh, by the way, for anyone who's interested, uh, is not a predictor of uh, success in life. Hard work is.
1: Yeah. Um, for
2: anyone who's interested in that, and um, yeah, always do behavioral tests. Say you're, um, you know, you're you're looking to bring on a, a parts interpreter. You've got four candidates that are all great. You can't split them. Um, the best thing to do is to get them e- get get each of them in to the dealership and say right. This phone's going to ring, and you're going to have a, a customer there. Yeah. Just want to see how you go. Yeah. And you give them, you know, a, a good customer, a difficult customer, and um, an easy customer. Yeah. Like that. And um, those three customers are all your employees. They're all part of the team. you've briefed them on how they're sort of meant to meant to act on the phone. And um, depending on how those people perform in those situations, you can then get a pretty good idea of who's the best the job.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're, you're seeing exactly that role play out in front of you in a real world situation, which I, I know I've done in the past. Um, and, and yeah, it gives you a lot more confidence than just a piece of paper, giving you a report that you're not too sure what the results mean. I know assessment centers, are definitely one of my favorite things for hiring people. And um, yeah, definitely the way I would go moving forward.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, um, look, assessment centers, uh, they're they're great, particularly if you have quite a lot of people. Look, if you only have two people, then there's probably no point yeah. in doing a you know three day assessment center. But if you've got over a hundred applicants or something, um, you know, say you're you're recruiting for an apprenticeship program, and you've had yeah, lots great and lots idea. Yeah, um, they're a great way to, to uh, sort of narrow down the uh, the group. And um, implementing those behavioural tests um, is a great way to get an idea of. Obviously, they've not worked for you in the past, so mm. you know you're not expecting them to have product knowledge or anything like that. You get that intuitive behavior from them in terms of, okay, if they are represented presented with a situation that's foreign to them in the job, um, this is how they're probably going to react.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's all we've got uh, time for today. I know I've definitely learned something new that I didn't know before. So hopefully, uh, yeah, if you're listening at home or at work, you've uh, learned something as well. But thanks for giving us that, uh, that expert advice, Phil, and uh, we'll be back again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.